It's Monday, August 8th, and this is Brian with The Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. The Senate passed a bill spending hundreds of billions of dollars on climate and health care programs while raising taxes on large, profitable companies. As Democrats unified around elements of President Biden's agenda after a year of frustrated efforts to advance a broader package. The legislation, which passed the Senate 51 to 50 on Sunday with a tie-breaking vote by Vice President Kamala Harris, offers tax incentives for reducing carbon emissions, seeks to allow Medicare to negotiate the price of some prescription drugs, allots roughly $80 billion to the IRS, and extends subsidies for health insurance under the Affordable Care Act. Senate passage of the bill through the evenly divided chamber is a victory for Democrats that seemed improbable just weeks ago after talks fell apart between Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and key centrist Senator Joe Manchin before quickly reviving. Every Republican lined up against the bill, meaning any one Democratic defection could have sunk the effort in the Senate. Around the world, China wrapped up four days of live fire and combat exercises that showcased its growing offensive capabilities against Taiwan and updated Beijing's toolkit for intimidating the island democracy. On Sunday, the People's Liberation Army said it conducted joint training in waters and airspace near the island to test the PLA's capacity for striking ground targets and engaging in long-range aerial combat. China's Central Television aired footage of the drills in its evening newscast, showing jet fighters and strategic bombers, the latter armed with air-to-surface missiles, carrying out what the state broadcaster described as simulated attacks. The exercises demonstrate that China may now be able to carry out some kinds of operations that it may have been unable to do in the past, said M. Taylor Fravel, a professor and director of the Security Studies program at MIT, adding that Beijing will likely continue to conduct similar drills to pressure Taipei in the future. In other news, Israel and Gaza militant group Islamic Jihad agreed to a ceasefire late Sunday after three days of fighting that saw more than 40 Palestinians killed and rockets fly deep into Israel's heartland in the most intense exchange of fire since an 11-day conflict last year. The ceasefire that was brokered by Egypt and the United Nations came into effect at 11.30 p.m. local time, Israeli, Palestinian, and Egyptian officials said. Israel said it would respond strongly if the ceasefire deal was violated, but didn't comment on its terms. As part of the ceasefire, the Iranian-backed Islamic Jihad said Egypt had pledged to the group that it would work to free two of its members from Israeli prisons. A UN team will visit one of the two men, Bassam el-Saadi, A senior commander who was recently arrested, two people familiar with the matter said. The ceasefire comes after Israel's military carried out a wave of airstrikes targeting what it said were Islamic Jihad members and sites since Friday, and the militant group launched hundreds of missiles at the country's south and center. Back in the U.S., in a recent closed-door meeting with leaders of the agency's counterterrorism center, The CIA's number two official made clear that fighting al-Qaeda and other extremist groups would remain a priority, but that the agency's money and resources would be increasingly shifted to focusing on China. The CIA drone attack that killed al-Qaeda's leaders showed that fighting terrorism is hardly an afterthought, but it didn't change the message the agency's deputy director, David Cohen, delivered at that meeting weeks earlier. While the U.S. will continue to go after terrorists, The top priority is trying to better understand and counter Beijing. And 
President Biden and the First Lady are expected to join Governor Andy Bashir today as they meet with families and view damage from storms that have created the worst flooding in Kentucky's history. At least 37 people have died since last month's deluge, which dropped 8 to 10 inches of rain in only 48 hours. The National Weather Service said Sunday that flooding remains a threat, warning of more thunderstorms through Thursday. Monday's visit will be Mr. Biden's second to the state. He previously visited in December after tornadoes whipped through Kentucky, killing 77 people and leaving a trail of destruction. Biden has expanded federal disaster assistance to Kentucky, ensuring the federal government will cover the full cost of debris removal and other emergency measures. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. These headlines were brought to you today by Podmeo. Start your podcast easily at podmeo.com, the world's number one podcast hosting. Subscribe to this daily morning brief on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.